Yeah, it's 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Okay, okay. You're doing better than me. I've just flicked on to 11. Oh. A day with the kids, and I think um, they've yeah they finished me off. <laughs> <laughs> they um they finished the last bit that I had. Um, I want to speak to you for a long time because of your books, but because of another connection as well, which is the the music slash cryptozoology connection. Sure. There's a huge connection between musicians, I find, and cryptozoology. And you are a yep. musician, right? So, and I'm a musician, singer for like 34 years, you know, so a long time. Very cool. And, um, yeah, yeah. So just, you know, I just want to find out about that. What's, what's your beginnings? Where are you with music now? And what's, what's this intersect? How does it intersect with what you do in the cryptozoological world? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, my, I grew up, uh, you know, my dad was uh, a big, big music guy. He never played any instruments or anything. It's just uh, every time he was home, he was always playing music. So I, I kind of grew up on Motown, which was actually phenomenal. I didn't appreciate it at the time like I do mm. now. Um, but Motown was just uh, just phenomenal music, which uh, uh, about a month ago, I was actually in um, uh the Detroit uh, airport um, and that was my first time out in that area so I was really really kind of kind of excited to be able to be in in that uh, that city um, okay uh, the home of Motown yeah exactly and I mean as I was you know going through the airport like they had like the Supremes playing and it was it was just an awesome awesome experience but so I grew up you know definitely you know loving music and um, uh, but, the, but the big thing for me was, you know, I, I, as far back as I can even remember, I just, I was a big, big monster fan. Um, I think most little boys, you know, liked, you know, the incredible Hulk and, you know, different superheroes, but, um, like I liked the incredible Hulk and then I liked King Kong. I liked Godzilla. I liked whatever, whatever was, was big and, and could destroy. And, uh, so, uh, I, I just kind of, you know, it, it went from there and as i got older um and you know i, I kind of you know got into you know more underground music that wasn't you know mainstream it wasn't played on like your your local like pop radio stations mm -hmm. um that's when i i you know i found you know uh you know bands like you know the misfits and the circle jerks and um a lot of underground hardcore and i don't know for me it's just kind of um monsters and music just kind of play a role together um and i think part of the excitement about monsters and music is when you, when you look back to any of the movies that one would watch when they were younger or or even now it wasn't just the excitement of the monster it was also the music that went with it that, that mm. it took whatever was going on at that moment to that next level mm. Um, so for me, it, it was just, um, it, those two just combined together was, was something that I, I just held, held with my, myself for years and just continued to just love it. And then, um, then at some point, I think I was maybe a freshman in high school, I had asked for a guitar for Christmas and I ended up getting one. And, uh, um, from there, I just kind of, you know, hung out with some friends that, um, who knew how to play and they kind of kind of taught me, you know, little tricks, little things here and there. And uh, um, I just kind of 
you know, I, I wouldn't say I put monsters on the back burner, but for a few years, you know, um, it was more of kind of like a like a girls and music type of focus for me all through high school. And then my senior year, I that makes sense. Taking, yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know, and, and the thing was, it's like nobody, you know, nobody talked about monsters anymore. Like it, it wasn't yeah. the cool thing, you know. So I, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know, you know. So I just kind of, you know, followed, you know, what, what my um, teenage confused body was telling me to follow. And I uh, just kind of went down that path. But then my senior year, I ended up, I had to take a class because um, I was missing a couple credits. So I, I took a class called Gothic Tales, which I had never even noticed existed um, all through the four years. I could have taken it any time. And somehow, you know, I just, I, I never noticed. I just signed up for the basics of what I needed to take. Um, but I, I also did, you know, took some writing classes, but Gothic Tales, I was like, wow, you know, it sounds really, really awesome. And I, I jumped on the, jumped on the, the Gothic Tales boat and the whole semester, all we did was we watched like Stephen King movies and different, um, monster scenes. And we just talked about them after it was literally like wow. the credit, but yet it was the coolest credit that I had ever gotten. That sounds uh, like an awesome credit. Yeah, in 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 the teacher, um, I don't know if he was supposed to be doing more, but I, I it was his last year teaching. Ironically, he was my mom's English English teacher. I mean, he'd been teaching for so long, so it was his last year. So I, I'm I'm assuming that he probably did more with the class in in past years, but this was literally his last semester, and he was he was literally retiring after that. Um, but it was he ended up playing. Um, when he, he, we were doing a, a, a series on just different monsters and creatures, he ended up just playing us the Patterson Gimlin footage, um, which, you know, I, I you know, I, I jumped on that and I was like, wow, you know, this is this is great. And then mm -hmm. I just kind of went from there. I just kind of went back to, you know, telling people, hey, you know what? I love monsters. I love creatures. I love legends. And I never really put the, the legend factor into the monsters and and sightings whenever i thought of legend i thought of like the legend of sleepy hollow things like that which which i really enjoyed but um taking that class also made me realize that you know i i, I love the history of of these legends where a lot of people will take the patterson gimlin footage and kind of advance forward with it meaning mm. you know what happened since then um where i took it and i went backwards i'm like wait a minute you know where 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 did you know where did the legend of sasquatch come from where did the legend of champ the lake champlain monster come from where, where did all these legends come from so uh, i i started at that point in time just you know again going backwards and i'm uh, um, just looking into a not a lot of different native american lore and because i wanted to find out where a lot of these these legends came from and um again you know if you you move forward with it you just see a lot of technology you get a lot of people's opinions you get a lot yeah. of different but and that's that that's great and all um but I really the, the Native Americans are the, the reason we know what we know, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, you know, like, for instance, me, I've got books to sell. Um, I'm not going to lead anybody in, in, in the wrong direction to sell a book, but I've got books to sell. Native Americans didn't have anything, anything yeah. to gain by talking about these legends and these these different um, sightings and beliefs. So I put a lot of a lot of respect and a lot of trust into um, their accounts and, and, and what they say. 
Um, so, so moving forward, um, I, I started playing out in bands and I played in some bands that, that did real well. Uh, some, you know, we, we put albums out, we were in newspapers or played on the radio, but as anybody who's plays music and was hoping to make a career out of it knows you know, the, the music business is a, can be a real vampire oh yeah and kind of suck the life out of you plus myself and the singer kind of did things a little bit backwards um like we graduated you know we got jobs we um got married bought homes and then said hey let's let's go out and uh let's go out and start a band and see what we could do. So instead of like, you know, um, you know, leaving our parents' basements, we would leave work to go to shows because we had to pay our mortgages. So, I mean, um, this is really quite a sensible way to go about it. And so many musicians miss out on that fact that you're not going to get paid a lot of money and you kind of need a job. Yeah. You need a job. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is, I mean, like if we hadn't gotten married and bought the homes, I mean, we literally could have just lived, you know, in the van and just just toured around and yeah. off of the twenty dollars that we made that we were supposed to that we were promised, uh, you know, three hundred from the promoter. But he disappeared on us when we we're supposed to get paid, you know, all the the usual fun um, aspects yeah. of uh, being in a band. But Oh, I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's it's you know the 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 big promotion and you get there and um yeah that, it wasn't really promoted that well at all so you're playing for oh, a yeah. lot of ashtrays yeah. at the tables, um so and then it, so after a while I kind of um stepped down from playing out in bands and um no, stop stop it um I started I, I stepped down and I was doing um. Just, just more writing, um, not not music or anything. Um, just, just you know, again, just writing little stories here and there, and um, just you know, playing music for myself um, in, in, in like a little room that I've got with all my amplifiers and drums. And um, it, as I as I kind of progress, I, I was just like, you know what, I, I kind of want to, you know, I, I'd like to write like a, a young reader's chapter book and put that out there. And, uh -huh see what happens um because I, I, some of my I've seen best, these they look really cool they look yeah. really, really cool yeah thank you i mean some of my my best years that i can remember was being in third grade um you know being at that age where you know the world um was was a mystery even though it's it's a mystery right now but i mean third grade it's it's it was a major mystery for yeah. me and um you know, with the world possibilities were endless. I didn't realize how much the world actually sucked to it at the at, in, in third grade. Um, so it was just a, a lot of good times. So I've written yeah. a few young readers chapter books and um, but I, I, I started uh, writing those. And then um, as far as the um, cryptozoology portion of it for years, I mean, I was part of the groups. Um, I watched, you know, all the shows, um, mm. huge monster quest fan, love monster quest, yeah. um, Doug's Doug, Doug, just phenomenal show. And yeah. you no, know, I, what I didn't want to do was I didn't really want to, um, I was thinking back to like the whole music scene and, uh, you know, monsters were very, um, special to me. So I didn't want any type of spotlight on me. Um, when it came to it, I just wanted to be able to enjoy the subject, be part of the subject, um, because it doesn't matter what the subject is, um, whether it's paranormal, cryptozoology, whether it's music, 
whatever. I mean, there's so much bad behavior that comes with it from other people. A lot oh, of yeah. And I just oh, yeah. didn't want any, yeah. <laughs> any, any of that in, in the world of monsters for me because it was my first love. Mm. And, um, but I ended up um, releasing a, uh, another book uh, called Stanley Riker and the Bigfoot Runaround. I, I wow. wrote it, got it signed in 2019 to a uh, independent publisher. And obviously at that point in time, I kind of had to what I call come out of the cryptic closet because, yeah. um, you know, I, I now had an obligation to the, the publisher and I wanted people to, to read it and just have fun with it. Um, so, uh, you know, part of my background is also sales and marketing. So um, I had to put together a marketing plan to, to market it and market myself because, again, you know, I didn't want to let the publisher down. Um, and uh, that's a handy skill to have, you know, in this um, in this world. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it is, you know, and I tell people, you know, like. If you want something, don't just go out and get it. Ask people who can help mm -hmm. you get there. Um, I you know, say the same thing. Yeah, make sure you'd be you surprised how many times just asking will get you what you want. The, the you wish you didn't get it before is you just didn't ask them, and you say, "Hey, I'd like that. Can you help me make up?" Yeah, sure, sure, I can. It, it, exactly. It's, it's like um, uh, with um, like I've trained and led sales teams and I always tell them, I don't care how the appointment's going with a potential customer. Before you leave, you ask for the sale. Yeah. You ask. I, I don't care if you think it blew up in your face. You ask for mm -hmm. the sale. And, you know, and, and the thing is, and I'm the type of person where, you know, if somebody, um, you know, comes to me and asks me. I help them out in whatever way that I possibly can as well. And, you know, it's with me, it's definitely not, you know, a, a one way street, you know, I'll, I'll help, help out whoever, um, you know, I, I want to see people succeed and I want to see people do well. Um, mm. But so, so I put, like I was saying, I put together kind of like a marketing plan for 2020 by February. I was like, I was booked at like, I don't know, eight to 12 events. Um, I was booked on uh, coast to coast AM um, and a bunch of other podcasts, but obviously, you know, COVID came in and, and blew up all the, all the events for 2020. Yeah. Um, bad year. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so that was, that was kind of, kind of what brought me to, to where I'm at today after, you know, a couple of years, cause I've had a lot of people, you know, say to me, Hey, you know, um, you know, where did you come from? You kind of came out of nowhere and then you're just there like on the scene. And, you know, and a lot of people are like, you know, you're just one of those, those, um, uh, you know, TV show, um, wannabe guys that mm. you saw a TV show and you're like, Hey, this is cool. I want to be a part of this when in actuality, um, I've always been a part of it. I just didn't want to be the part of it where I was going to be in a situation where yeah. people were I find that, um, saying that exact yeah. thing to me. Yeah, no, I, well, I find that very strange in the sense of where did you come from? Everybody starts or has an inception date at some point, whether it's because you went public at that point or because you started 10 years ago. Or you just said, I'm going to start now. I love this subject. I'm about to start doing this. There's no there's no special permission that's needed. Not in this world. At least to say, let's not music. Uh, hey, you know, you just popped up out of nowhere, Kenny. What are you doing, geeking around the place here, thinking you're a musician? Well, I learned my instrument. I wrote some songs. I'm out on the scene playing music, if it's okay by you. And it's it's a strange thing. I think sometimes there's a lot of protectionism. A new guy comes, you write some good books. And I I, I haven't 
they're on my list. I haven't got them yet, but I love the look of the books and the American cryptids and everything like that and the international cryptids. And they look they look fresh, they look new, they get attention, they get uh, number one bestseller three times in a row. And people say, who the hell's this guy? He just rocked up a few years ago. Why should he be getting this attention? Yeah. But the point is, it's it's a free for all. He's getting the attention because he's doing the work, and that's what I like. What I'm seeing at the moment, actually, is there's a scene growing with lots of new people um, coming in and melding quite well with the other people who've been here for a long time as well. But it's stopping it becoming stale. And you know, as always, as you know, in marketing, the best way to sell bread is to be on the street with three other bakers, right? Mm-hmm. Not there by yourself. So for me, every time I see that there's a Kenny or there's a Carrick or there's an Alexander Petikov yes. coming up, I'm like, great, this is fantastic. Okay, so we've got some more people selling bread on the street. We're going to get some attention. This is, this is good for me. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. You know, in, 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 as a musician, you, you know this as well as I do, you know, people will see, you know, bands that will come up and have, you know, like this number one hit and they're like, mm wow, you know, where, how did that happen for them? This and that. See, they don't, they don't know the fact that that band had been together for like 20 years. Yeah. And played those, those clubs that were empty, you know, got kicked around. They don't see that. They just see the, they they see the success at the other end. And, um, you know, there, there really is, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into, um, if we, we really want, want to, um, you know, see good fruit come out of it. And, uh, it, 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 again, it's it's the same thing, you know, with with writers. I mean, I don't know anybody who just one day, you know, just just wrote and then their first their first book they actually somebody published. You know, usually there's a lot of, you know, when people ask me about um, you know publishing and different things like that, I say, well, first you have to be okay with rejection. You've got to first be okay with somebody mm-hmm. telling you no, um, in order to be able to continue because if you you know if you get a couple no's here and there no's you a no should really more in a sense if you want to succeed um push you to a level where you want to push harder mm. um if the no makes you want to quit which it will um and you do that's as far as you'll go with it but i mean you know re- rejection is part of anything that it, you know, for anybody who's done anything great or wants to do something great, um, everybody's gotten those before. And it's just Absolutely. just oh. just staying staying in the game and, and you know and, and, and keep going. And um, you know, I've seen some people get so many no's that they become so bitter and yeah. they're upset. And then you know they see somebody else succeed. And and I try telling them, look, that person's success isn't your yeah. failure. You know, that that person failed many times and not in an attempt as in they did anything wrong, but, you know, they got to know this, this happened. And, you know, it's like with anything in life and, you know, is, you know, as far as, um, you know, this subject, again, no matter what the subject is, you know, if you're, you're, you're an engineer, I mean, I mean, Mm. the, the things that we see that are out on the road right now that have been, you know, a great success at one time failed you know um absolutely people when it failed said hey you know what let's look at this again look at it from another angle and see what we can do oh um, some of those guys have had to unmake 
the entire bridge. If I had to deconstruct this thing and start again. What you were saying, by the way, um, about the nose, I think is very important. Like when I see somebody come out of nowhere and get the thing I want, the first thing it, it tells me is it can be done. Yes. It can be done. They've just shown it can be done. You know, when you see like a Seth Breedlove set up his own film company, Small Town Monsters, and raise his own capital and make his own movies, make it successfully, <clears throat> you think, that's awesome. It can be done. Thank you, Seth, for showing us. Um, and not, it should never be, oh, that guy, this guy, doesn't do that. I, you know, I want this. I work hard. It's always an encouragement. And I think, again, seeing that sales and marketing side in you too, it's, it's, it's just very important because if you can flip it like that, you know, if you can flip it, I think it's really, um, it's really a fantastic thing and it will help you. It will help Agreed. you. Agreed. So, Kenny, what about the, the cryptids in the book? Let's look at the, the first book um, as well. What, what kind of stuff are we, are we looking at here? Is it like a rundown of all the American cryptids from Sasquatch to the Chupacabra? Or are we, um, is, is it solely focused on you know, a, a set line of uh, American monsters? Well, American cryptids, uh, for the most part, you know, just pretty, pretty much, I, I guess I'll explain kind of the formula of the book. Um, I wrote this book, I'd say probably 10 times before I came up with um, something that I felt worked where um, a lot of the books that I'd read that were, you know, that were already written by a lot of the greats, like the Ken Gerhards, the Lauren Coleman's, the Lyle Blackburn's, you know, they talked about different creatures and, you know, like, Originally, the book was chapter one, the Wendigo, chapter two, Sasquatch, chapter three, this. And I was just like, OK, it's it, it's been done. I want to do something different. And mm -hmm. I want to do something that um, I guess I don't know. I, I wanted to make it somewhat personal and I wanted to kind of feel like I'm there with the individual. So. Um, so the book covers all 50 states and mm -hmm. each chapter opens up with um, a segment. Um, regarding the history, some historical uh, events from that state uh, when they uh, achieved their statehood, um, and, and, and some something that they might be popular for, like uh, like Vermont is popular for Ben and Jerry's and Green Mountain Coffee. So I, I'd mentioned that in Vermont, okay. um, and then from there, it, like I'd mentioned earlier, I have a great respect for the um, uh, Native American uh, uh, tribes people mm -hmm. for be knowing what I know based off of. Um, their uh, their descriptions and, and their history. So I highlight a Native American tribe from that state. And then the next section goes to whatever the popular monster is from that state. So like when, when I covered West Virginia, obviously it was the Mothman. I covered the Mothman. Oh, great. And then, um, and then I close each chapter out with a, a, a Sasquatch sighting from that state. And what I didn't want to do when I wrote this book was I didn't want to just go on like a website, a BFRO or whatever, and, and pull something off and, you know, throw something in there. So uh, what I did was I, I used Google Maps and I'd go to the state and I'd find a, an area that was covered with like forest land. Hmm. And then I would look for the closest small town to that that area. Wow. 
I would research that small area, that small town and find out what, you know, the, you know, the name of the mom and pop convenience store, the hardware store, the, the barbershop, um, the diner. And then I'd call them and I'd say, Hey, I'm writing a book. And, you know, I heard there's been some potential Sasquatch sightings in your area. What can you tell me? And, wow. um, that's how I was able to get connected with people from all those areas because I couldn't obviously go and interview somebody from all 50 states. That's smart. So, and, and that's how yeah. I came up with one. And I'd, I'd get about four or five of them for each state, but the ones, the wow. majority of the ones that I went with um, were the ones where the individual who I spoke to wasn't a believer, still to mm. this day, maybe doesn't necessarily believe but saw something that they can't understand. Um, and that kind of changed the way that they think. So the majority of the, the Sasquatch sightings at the end of each chapter, um, uh, which is just somebody who, again, wasn't a believer, wasn't a researcher, didn't, you know, uh, maybe even laughed at the subject, mm. uh, but saw something that resembled what, what we would call a Sasquatch. And um, it kind of changed the way that they saw things. So, um, uh, of course, um, when I did New York, um, I, um, uh, I, I talked about the Whitehall, New York, um, uh, uh, sighting. So some popular ones, I closed out the, the chapter with, uh, I'd say about 90% of them again, um, were ones that were just, you know, some people, some of these people didn't even want to talk to me at first. Um, and antagonistic people, witnesses are my favorite witnesses. The person yeah. who doesn't want to see what they have seen. Mm -hmm. um it's the best kind of witness to have you know, yeah kicking and screaming and hoping it's not true it's um, such it, a validation it, it, it is and, and, and you know i had people you know that they gave me so much description as if they had sat down um you know and and, and had lunch with what it was that they saw wow. and then again then i had had people that you know were just like i know what i saw but i don't know what it was um you know, this has just kind of changed the way that I think. Um, also, you know, at first, you know, talking to them, it was like a normal conversation. But then when we started talking about what they saw, um, their voice would crack. They would become kind of distant. And okay. I knew right then and there that there was something there um, that they, they did see something um, mm. that, that they can't explain. So trauma those, response. Yeah. Yeah. Those those tend for me tend to have a lot of emotion behind them. And. Mm really kind of I'm, I'm kind of moved by those so so those the, those are the the like i said about 90 percent of the the sightings were based off of um somebody again who wasn't looking um but so that's american cryptids again it covers all 50 states and i i also wrote it as if i was a tour guide and i'm I'm taking you on a tour through each state um, because again, I wanted to do something different and I didn't want to just write a book, put my name on it and throw it out there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that other people are doing that. I'm just saying for me personally, I wanted to, sure. I, I really, I really struggled with it. I really str stopped. I really struggled with it. And um, I came up to it and I, I was like, you know what, if, if this book doesn't sell because I write it like this, that then you know what, then that's fine. If people don't want to read it, but um, I want to do something a little bit different and I really don't want to just go and just kind of throw information out there, um, from like a scientific point of view or whatever. Mm. I wanted it to be loose. I wanted it to be a, an easy read and I wanted it first and foremost to be fun and also, mm. you know, um, 
you know, kind of be personal to people. So by covering each state, everybody who picks the book up, if they're from the states, the first thing they do is they go to the state and see what I wrote about mm. the state that they live in or the one they grew up in. So they already feel that connection to it, which is a return, great idea. So yeah, in return, a, they, they idea. feel like, um, I'm sorry, what was that? I said it's a great idea. It's a great idea uh, to, to do it state by state because you can dip in and out. You say that people will go and look for their state or the one they're interested in and, and get the scripted set. But also, one of the ideas you told me about I really loved was that mom and pop store thing. The junction of the town is the mom and pop store. And who would know better than them what's being talked about in the town? And as soon as you said that, I was like, that's got to be it. That's it. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing that. <laughs> take it, take it, take it, take it, and run with it. Any, anybody, oh, honestly, you know, because you're 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 gonna, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get so. These people also put a trust in you too. Yeah, which is is a big responsibility. So I had probably 60 percent of the people not wanting me to even mention their name yeah, so I, yeah. I made a decision to not mention anybody's name uh, because one one i didn't want to screw up and, and accidentally put the wrong name in when you, you know somebody who was like you know i you know i just don't yeah. want my name um make a mistake so i just made a made a conscious decision to just say you know what i'm not putting anybody's name in it um just 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 out of respect and um and they're more likely to share it with you if they don't have to experience the blowback from that as well i, I was saying to somebody recently in regards to do people make sightings up and yes they do sometimes but generally they don't because when you tell everybody that you've seen sasquatch that doesn't increase your chances of getting that promotion in the small town working that doesn't increase your standing with the people in your church or your club or whatever you're, you're, you're doing. It makes you the weird guy or girl. And, um, and unfortunately, because a lot of these people who have that trauma-like response where they can't deny what they've seen, they can't see it or even deny that it's happened, even when it damages them. It's, um, it's sometimes a very hard thing for people to go through. And I generally, similarly to you, Unless it's a classic sighting that's a public and everybody knows about it, don't use the name. Don't even ask them if I can use the name. And just don't include it. And people are more happy from that perspective to to share that that experience with you. Yeah, uh, uh, agreed. And you know, and you're also, you know, the thing too is, you know, especially if you mention to them that you're writing a book, mm. um, and they don't ask for a portion of it. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, you know, you know that they're really genuine in what they're, what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I, I always tell people too, you know, if somebody comes to you and asks you about your sighting and they promise you that they're not going to say this, they're not going to say that. Yes. Um, in, in many cases, unfortunately, the conversation, the aftermath doesn't necessarily always go that way. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, people have spoken with me, even though that they know, like, you know, if they talk to somebody who's writing a book, this and that, um, well, there might be, this might be what the conversation was, but this is what the writer, the, excuse me, the writer wrote, mm -hmm. um, be two totally different things. And I made sure I assured, you know, them that I wasn't going to add my opinions. Oh yeah, um, no, absolutely. Anything into it. And the, the whole book, every time. 
Yeah, and if you you go through American uh, cryptids, I I didn't add my opinion into anything, whether it be awesome. Mothman, Sheep Squatch, Bat Squatch, um, uh, the albino people. I didn't add my opinion into anything um, because I really didn't. Also, didn't want it to be an opinionated book. I literally wanted to be like a travelogue where you're. Yeah. Taking you on a tour, you know, like when you when you go to like you know different cities, they have the tours that you can go on, and then the person's talking about the history and this Absolutely. and that. That's yeah. what I wanted the book to be. I wanted it to be a, a, me taking you on a tour across the country and just talking about monsters and talking about the history of the state and and again the Native American lore. Um, so that's that's what made up American cryptids and. Um, it it's just um i was really i'm i'm really pleased with um outcome of 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 the uh publication and mm. the outpour of support that the that that the books received um it's just very um it's it's really humbling and i you know and of course you know i i may have wrote the book but the the book is nothing if nobody supports it so you know um you know i'm constantly telling people thank you you know because this book didn't do as well as it did because i wrote it it's because you folks supported it and um you, you know you guys support the subject and by supporting the subject that's what's 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 helped the book and you help to grow the subject every time somebody brings out something good and you you buy it and you support it and you share it it, it grows the subject you know, yeah. and I think I think we're going through a stage right now in cryptozoology where there's it's like a growth spurt again. It's this it's been revived somehow. There's an interest, people are looking at it again. Those old classic guys who were there before are still there. There's some new guys that are joining with them and spreading it out again. And that's that's good for the consumer. And that's good for the, the the fan of the genre to get into, to have a choice. Um and it also inspires people to write because there's yeah. a possibility people will will like what they've written and and take it home and stick it on their shelf and i just love that you know for a long time um and it's the same with things like loch ness at the moment there's some groups i'm in touch with now they're going back up there and staking out the area again almost like a cryptozoological co-op they are getting together and there's no leader they just kind of triangulate their coordinates and they, they, they uh, stake out certain parts of the loch and broadcast it often and yeah. i said to them it's almost like it's been revived suddenly those days of um the age of exploration i would say it's not dead we just lost interest yeah. uh, and there's, there's more to find so people are getting out there and I, I i love stuff like this i think it's just it in, it makes it makes the 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 cryptozoological world a more interesting place to be so i just really love that what i am interested in actually and you mentioned about the Native American background and folklore and history that you look into, that you don't start from the, the point of the modern sightings and work forward, you work back. And what's interesting to me about that is I've always been curious about these foundational moments in cryptozoology, the Patterson Gimlin sighting, uh, the nape footprint, you know, the the 19th, uh, the, the surgeon's photo, etc., for Loch Ness. And those can, those disputable incidents can create a foundation for future cryptozoologists. It's almost like sacred writ sometimes. It's not questioned. 
right. they might be theoretical in nature. When you go back like you have into the distant past, you get to the real core of the ethno-known aspect of the species or the folkloric aspect of the species. And, you know, pulling those those real animal bits out of the folklore or pulling um, the folklore out of the, the real sightings as well. How, how do you deal with all of that? How do you look at those ancient sightings and pull a real creature out of some stuff that's sometimes very, as I say, folkloric or supernatural in nature? Yeah, you know, that that's the thing. It, and, you know, for me, it's kind of, it could be, kind of tough because while I'm reading some of it, like there might be a certain tribe that like, for instance, um, when we talk about um, Sasquatch, um, you have certain tribes that talk about Sasquatch being a flesh and blood. And you've got another tribe that talks about uh, Sasquatch being uh, of just spirit. And then you've got a, a certain tribe of people that will say, hey, you know, no, they're both flesh and blood and of spirit. So how do you actually put it together and feel like you walked away with any type of answer? Um, I've gotten to a point where um, at first I was looking back to find the answers of what a certain creature was based on the, the, the lore. Um, but then I quickly kind of switched my concept of research to um, where did it come from? Where's the earliest um, uh, sighting or encounter or what was the earliest um, 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 writing of this certain creature? Because, you know, with this subject, um, uh, people have many different names for it. I, I, I think the subject is strange and weird. Um, so I find like there's the more you look for answers, the more questions you have. So as far as the Native American lore, I quickly changed it from trying to find out what it was to where this legend came from and what it meant to the Native American people. Um, so it never, it, it, never, it never progressed into answering uh, questions that I had. It just brought more questions in, into play. Mm -hmm. But it did solve certain things in a sense as in, okay, well, this is where this came from. You know, this started with this tribe or, um, uh, or, or this tribe thought this. Well, some tribes talk about how they lived in harmony with Sasquatch. Other tribes talk about how, you know, at night the Sasquatch would come in and raid their village and steal their women and mate with them. So, um, so as far as these, these, these different um, tales and legends, I go back and I, I just, again, just kind of try to find out where they came from and, and find the earliest information. Because uh, again, when the subject that, and I hate saying it like this, but this is the reality of it right now. With a subject that has zero accountability and somebody can make it up as they go, mm. uh, uh, that you've got to be really careful what you're reading and what you're what 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 you're searching because you can easily come across something that's written um, that you can take the heart as fact, but in reality, we we, we really we know that the facts that I know are that people have for thousands and thousands of years have had experiences with all kinds mm. of different creatures and things that 
that still to this day we can't understand or explain. Um, so all my research just comes back. I try to go to the earliest, earliest times that I can find and find out what was being said there um, and why they believed that. I think that's I think it's a great method, Kenny. Like I think it's it's a great fail safe because again, people can make things up and the odd thing about uh Bigfoot interest and the, and also Nessie or Lake Monster Law in a in a sense as well is that cryptozoology exists as a science in a way. We're looking for hidden animals or undiscovered animals and those can be you know new types of frogs or salamanders and all kinds of things that they find every single year there's a new whale they found just recently in the gulf of california of all places right yes never seen it before there it is new species of whale wow amazing um i think we even discovered a new species of grass snake here in the uk two years ago two years back oh it's a subspecies but it was there they never knew it was there so there's there's scope fine and on the other side, there's the fan club of Bigfoot and Nessie and these types of things, which seems to be quite separate to the science. It has it's a genre of its own, almost like a folkloric faith system in a way, in which people believe or don't believe or believe portals or flesh and blood and all these different aspects about it. And so I think it's good that you go back because within that there's you know, there's the, the mercantile side of things where people are trying to make a living or doing conferences, all, all fair enough. There are certain pressures within it that can possibly corrupt the stories and the sightings and, and the things that people are putting into their material. So, yeah, great. I think that's fantastic. Go back because that can't be changed. Right. It is what it is. It existed from that time immemorial. One other thing you said as well, which is interesting, is the kidnapping of of women. And I know people bring this up. I, I've recently done a book about uh, hairy humanoids around the world. And um, almost in every single thing, whether it's the Almasti or it's the Yawi or it's the Yerin or the, the Woodwows, the wild man of, of Europe, anywhere you go, this kidnapping of humans for mating yeah. is, is present one of the main things that's present in all of all of the stories and that's strange in the histories as well mm -hmm. not just in the modern sightings i think that's an odd it's an odd factor to, to share if um if these are all just made up bogeymen from every culture around the world uh, 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 agreed i mean there's so many different things that that could be talked about um but but that being a a, a consistent um again not with all of them but enough of them where you're mm. like whoa hold on a second wait yeah. a minute you know it, it really really kind of sticks out and and it, it really makes makes you makes makes you question like wow you know i guess they're you know just like you know with with humans i guess that you know there's 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 a jerk in every crowd you know I, yeah i think yeah there's that that guy that's just can't take no for an answer yeah. In every single crowd. Yeah, exactly. And there's a Sasquatch like that uh, as well, most likely throughout the history at various points. Um, just before we wrap up, I just want to, to let everybody know, you know where they can find your books, where they can get a hold of you for conferences and bits and pieces. And if they've got a sighting, how, to, how do they get in touch? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, first I will start, start with the books. Obviously I, I'd say the quickest and easiest way to get any of my books would just be to jump right on Amazon. Um, just search Kenny W Irish and all four of my books will, will uh, pop up uh, American cryptids in pursuit of the elusive creatures, um, international cryptids and legends, which just released last month. Um, and uh, Stanley Riker and the Bigfoot runaround, as well as Alexander and the moonlight caper. Um, so I'd say that's the easiest way. Um, some of the books you can like American cryptids, you can go to like target.com, Walmart, different things like that. Um, but you know, we're, I mean, I I'm on Amazon more than I'm on anything else. And the majority of the people I know are, so you just search my name on there. And, um, again, all four of the publications will, will, will pop up and you can grab it off of there. Um, as far as um, events, there's uh, a couple that are coming up for the rest of this year. Um, a lot of the big events um, already already came and passed this year. Uh, I was in Tennessee a few times. Uh, I was in Michigan. Um, there was the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. There was the um, Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival in Tennessee. There was the Dogman Cryptid Conference. There was the Rochester Winter Parafest. Um, those have already all, all come and gone this year. But the, the two that I have left is I'm going to be September 17th. I'm going to be at um, U Albany in Albany, New York at the college at a uh, book festival there i was asked to be a part of that so i'll be there um and in october i'm just going to be a vendor at this location at this uh, event um it's called um sleepy hollow paracon it's the oh, first wow. one ever it's it's actually going to be in um in tarrytown new york um uh, uh, the, the famous, you know, um, sighting area of, um, you know, where the legend of uh, Sleepy Hollow and the Headless Horseman uh, um, legend comes from. And I am looking at an event um, possibly in December. Um, it, it's it's kind of up in the air, so I'm not 100% sure right now. But as okay. of right now, I'm, 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 I'm booking um, events into 2023. Um, which, and the uh, website, it's a cave wirish.com is that right yes yep kwirish.com i just switched website platforms so if you go to the website it's very basic right now it pretty much just has um my picture and my my bio on there as well as a, a link to one one of the publishers I, i've got to get i've got to get that all updated um because the the web uh, platform i was using before started giving me some issues but okay. um i I can be contacted through um, Facebook on Messenger. Um, you can just look me up, Kenny W. Irish, the Crypto Punkologist. Um, you can find me on, on Instagram as um, Kenny Irish Author. And, um, uh, and and if you follow me on Facebook um, or on Instagram or on Twitter, um, I post the events that I'm going to be at, um, any new releases coming up, um, anybody who reaches out to me and says, Hey, you know, I'm, I've got a book releasing. Can you help me promote my book? I'll, you'll, you'll see me promoting other people's books as well. Awesome. Um, so whatever, you know, whatever, um, you know, um, method, you know, somebody chooses to get, to go to, um, you know, to reach out to me, um, I definitely will, will get back to you and, uh, um, and uh, I, I, I guess I guess that's that's it. Well, Kenny, thank you very very much for for joining us on the Beastly Theories podcast today, and for letting me pick your brain. I've learned a lot. I've got some 
little ideas in there. I don't know what the, the uh, English equivalent of the mom and pop store is. I guess that would be the corner store in the local village. Yes. Yep. But um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try it out and see if it works. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me. It was a pleasure coming on with you. Awesome. Bye-bye.